Scout RFP talks to two babes about how they save companies millions in episode 49, so make sure to check it out. This is Two Babes Talk Supply Chain, where we interview the top supply chain professionals in the industry. You will learn about best practices, changes in the industry, and hot topics in supply chain. We answer all your questions and put sexy into supply chain. We are your hosts, Sarah and Nick. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Two Babes Talk Supply Chain. Thank you to all our listeners and subscribers for tuning in every week and supporting the show. Wanted to mention the International Trade Conference of the Year coming up in October. Make sure to grab your tickets at fitfortrade.com forward slash your future 2017. Today, we are really excited to be joined by Bill DiMartino of Risk Methods. We will be talking about the five supply chain risk management mistakes that could cost you your business a fortune or even cost you your job. Bill DiMartino is the general manager of North American operations at Risk Methods. Bill plays a leading role in accelerating Risk Methods international expansion, specifically in the Americas, and growing the firm into the industry's leading supply chain risk management solution. Bill has 15 years of experience in the procurement and supply management solution space, where he built his expertise in analytics and supply risk and compliance acting across various disciplines and leadership roles in product management, sales, and marketing at IBM, mTORUS, and Determine. Bill is a recognized supply management luminary, including having been selected as a pro to know by Supply and Demand Chain, a speaker at industry events and author of papers. Welcome to the show, Bill. We are so excited to have you here today. Fantastic. Thank you. That was a wonderful reading. Awesome. Awesome. Well, why don't you tell us more about Risk Methods and how you got started? All right. Great. Uh, look forward to uh, our discussion today and uh, welcome everyone. Thanks for your time. So uh, Risk Methods, I would say we are an adolescent uh, organization. Uh, we, we started about five years ago and we help our customers to protect their brand uh, and protect their revenue. And we do that by giving them a solution to uh, mitigate and manage the risk in their supply chains. Uh, our organization uh, is uh, globally headquartered in Munich, Germany, so we are a German uh, engineer organization, and we kicked off our North American operation officially uh, early last year and have been uh, finding a lot of uh, success and residents in the North American market as well. Awesome. What's the story behind Risk Methods? How did, how did the company get started? Like, was there a problem so that they were looking uh, to solve? It's interesting. So myself and uh, a number of uh, folks here, including our, our two founders in Munich, we were all working together um, at Intoris, Yeah, And that uh, occurred uh, in part because of an acquisition that we made in the supplier lifecycle management space. And we were all working in supplier risk and compliance uh, after the financial disaster of 2007, that topic really started to uh, gain ground and traction. And our organization was, uh, MTORUS was then uh, gobbled up by the big blue monster. And as part of that acquisition, we were uh, lucky enough to spend a lot of time with the IBM global supply chain team. Uh, and via those relationships, we started doing best practice discussions with the likes of GM and Dell and others. 
and we made the observation that all of these large global organizations were investing millions and millions of dollars, and they were all basically doing the exact same thing or trying to solve for the same challenges of uh, information collection around their supply chain, trying to find the best data sources, having people sort through reams of, of potential insights to figure out what's really relevant um, to the supply chain so they can have a, a clear view of the status of that supply chain from a risk perspective today, but keep it uh, current going forward. So a lot of the genesis and the ideas that we have for risk methods came from those experiences. And then Heiko and Rolf took, took those ideas and really extended them as the uh, foundation for risk methods that when we launched the company in 2012. Wow. Um, so Bill, what is risk management? <laughs> uh, so this is, this is a great, a great question because risk is a word that means so many different things to so many different people. So clearly depending upon the stakeholder that we're talking to, they have a different interpretation of, of what's, what's uh, happening. For us, risk management, we are focused on what we call supply chain. And we say supply chain, we really truly mean supply chain where there are actual goods um, that are flowing uh, through the creation of a product. So while many of our uh, experiences in the past might have been with an organization that called themselves supply chain. If you're working for an insurance company or a financial services company, you don't truly have a, you know, a set of goods that you need to uh, ensure that they're delivered on time, typically. Um, so for us, uh, risk management is the, the full process of identifying and profiling your risk in a repeatable, quantifiable process, um, using those insights to help you to make better sourcing and supply chain design decisions. Um, and when you do find a risky situation, it's having in place the insights to know which of those risks are truly impactful to your uh, organization. And so then when you do need to act in a hurry, you have a sense for criticality so you can focus your scarce resources. And finally, in order to complete that process loop, uh, you need the ability to enact and document the, the plans to either uh, remediate or to prevent a key scenario um, that's happening. And interestingly enough, what we're starting to see uh, more and more, both with our, our work with analysts like Hackett and Gartner, uh, but also in terms of industry standards in the form of ISO and some of the derivatives, that there are now standards being defined of a quality manufacturing process and what that means from a risk perspective and what the requirements are in order to deliver on that. And they just so happen to coincide with our definition of identify, uh, assess, and mitigate. So it's uh, hopefully those are the, the words that we'll, we'll see more and more in terms of the market, in terms of gaining traction on what supply chain risk management is, at least. So you're definitely on to something there then. And that kind of takes me into our next question. You know, take us through the five mistakes companies are making when it comes to supply chain risk management. Yeah, so there are, there are definitely more than five. And uh, we, we, we did a, a, a paper on this topic a little bit with a, a grin on our face because we, we continue to come up with new and interesting stories of uh, why enterprises have not really taken the next step in what I think of as the, the risk-aware enterprise and, and where they are today. Um, the latest one that we heard, which is turning into my favorite, and I, and I will go back to the five, is, well, what we do is we get in the car and we drive down to our supplier and we look at their parking lot, and if it's full, 
then we assume that everything's going well. So um, may not be a comprehensive risk management strategy, but at least they're doing something, I guess. Um, well, at the, at the time that we uh, pulled this paper together, we really tried to hit on what we thought were, were really the common things that were, uh, we think of them as myths or, or the mistakes that are, that are happening. And the first one is really, I think, is, is the number one offender, and that is the idea of deciding that I'm going to start and begin to do business with this supplier, so of course I'm going to think about risk. And that risk is t typically relegated to a, a reach out to a credit provider like a Dun & Bradstreet or Bureau Van Dyke or someone of that, of that ilk. And that, that, that information comes back, they do a credit score, and we use that and we decide based upon that whether or not we should do further financial research. So that's, that's bad um, in, in any number of ways. Um, one is that as soon as you get that information, it's out of date the next day. Um, you need to keep it up to date, but clearly if you're thinking about supply chain and you're thinking about the ability of goods to flow and brand and image topics, all of those things happen at a site level. So doing a corporate level credit check of an entity is really just scratching the surface of, of the challenges that you need to be thinking about. Um, and along those lines, we, we see many organizations moving on to, to what we think of as the, as, as the next one, would, that the next mistake is the idea, uh, especially when we again think about direct materials as opposed to indirect, is the idea of I'm going to focus my risk management measurement process on only a few select uh, suppliers, potentially my top suppliers, or maybe it's I apply the 80-20 Pareto analysis. And again, from a direct materials perspective, that is a failed strategy because any single entity, any single part has the ability to either stop the entire supply chain or has the ability to significantly uh, impact your brand or image. So uh, when we think about suppliers in the direct material space, uh, production suppliers, we have to think and consider each and every one of them uh, comprehensively. Um, so the, the, the next risk um, that we think about is the, the idea of, of closeness and longevity of relationships. Um, and these, these can be tightly related. You know, the, the, the first one is I am going to be uh, informed by the supplier because we've always worked uh, together and I know that if something goes wrong that they'll call me up and tell me they always have and they always will. Um, clearly those, those levels of... Uh, of relationships are, are, are tough to come by, and not only that, it's, it's very likely that the person that you're communicating with doesn't even know themselves exactly what's going on with the organization, um, nor, or maybe perhaps they've been forbid to share that with you. So, you know, relying on that entity to keep you up to date is, is certainly a, a risky strategy. And, and the, related to that is we will have folks tell us, well, we've been working with this same supplier for 5, 10, 20 years, and they've never had a problem, so why would there ever be a problem? So it's these uh, collections um, that, that really, um, you know, start to come together to point the picture of folks that what I think of are, are really just sticking their heads in the sand because they're really afraid of what they would find uh, if they really truly had visibility. And the last risk is um, for those folks who say, well, I, I've, I've considered risk. And what I've done is I've put in place a dual sourcing strategy, and now I'm safe. And it, it's again, it's this one-off view of taking one action ensures my security. Um, 
and it, it brings me to one of my uh, new, new stories which has recently happened with us with one of our customer go-lives. In, in this go-live situation, what we do from a solution perspective is we, we, we digitize the supply chain, and as a result of that, we allow them to visualize and understand exactly at a geocoded level where each one of their supplier sites are, what ports and transportation centers they utilize, and where that information, I'm sorry, where those goods flow into their supply chains. And we identified on their go live a couple days after we uh, got started with them, uh, one of their categories as being a high risk um, category from a latent risk perspective. And they were really surprised by that. Um, and they said, you know, we're really surprised that you guys called out this category as being a challenge for us because we actually just went through a, a uh, RFP process because we knew we were sole sourced and we selected another supplier just so that we wouldn't have that, that single source uh, reliance. Well, what we pointed out to them via the ability of that inherent data that we provide along with the visualization is the fact that there was two problems. Um, one is both of those sources were, were, were transported to them through a single hub, which maybe it is or isn't okay. Um, but additionally, they both happen to be sitting within the exact same high-risk floodplain. Mm. Um, and so that basically meant that though they were dual source, a single event that's highly likely in that area would still take that entire category out. So it, it, it's that level of, of, of thinking about risk that is really essential when you, as you go on that journey to become what I think of as a, a risk-aware enterprise. That's a great story. And there's there's so many different things that you need to consider in risk. I mean, like you said, that one party thought that they were covered, you know, by picking that second supplier, but there was so many other different components that needed to be thought about at the time as well. So that's really interesting. Just for our listeners to know, we are going to have this white paper for download at our website, twobabestalksupplychain.com. If you want to get for, more information on some of those, mo- those mistakes uh, that come companies are making when it comes to supply chain risk. Now, I also wanted to just mention, I mean, this has come up in a couple of podcasts for us where we're tying in supply chain components with branding. Um, And it's not something that's generally spoken about. um, But I believe that was the second mistake that you you just mentioned. And it's just it's very interesting to me that we're now correlating supply chain to branding. And, And now we're talking about the risks of that. Yeah, you know, it's uh, interesting is we're, we're, we have a number of our customers today, especially those who consider themselves really to be, you know, really supply chain companies. If you think about what we're seeing in the marketplace today, and there is you know, somewhat of a divergence going on with those companies that are really sales and marketing and brand companies and those that are really doing the hard work of managing supply chains and manufacturing goods. Um, and what we're seeing is for those folks that are really truly focused on supply chain excellence, they're actually using this digitization of supply chain, this ability to, to quantify and visualize their risk. They're actually using it as part of their selling to their customers to really show how well, uh, a, 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 a well run of an entity uh, procurement and supply chain is for, those, for their entities. So it's, it's interesting how it's evolving quickly out there. So is there any example you could share with us on how costly one of these mistakes can be? Yeah. Yeah, so 
you know, this is a really interesting area of, of business case and ROI and where do you go. And, you know, and the, the simplest way to, is to think of this as an insurance policy. And, and there are major, major events that can happen all the time. One of our, our favorite stories is of a disaster event that happened uh, with someone in the specialty manufacturing space. Uh, in this case, they had a very uh, limited uh, options when it came to this one specific uh, part. It happened to be a tire. And uh, there was a, a large event that happened in Europe, and it knocked out their primary manufacturing site. And it just so turned out that their competitor uh, was also using that, that same uh, supplier site for, for their tires as well. And basically the race was on, and their competitor um, was able to lock in that source of supply uh, from an alternate site of that same supplier quicker than, than um, this other organization that we've since built a relationship with. Um, and so you're, you're talking about uh, a business impact um, in the hundreds of millions of dollars of revenue uh, lost or delayed. So uh, these types of events can have a significant impact to the bottom line a significant impact um, to the share price. And when you start thinking about more nefarious topics such as child labor, um, um, M&A is turning out to be a very hot topic for us as, as large enterprises are buying up suppliers so they can uh, cancel their other contracts and, and, and ensure supply. We're really talking about business altering, um, business shattering types of events that can happen. Um, what I would add to that, though, is in addition to these very, very large and potentially uh, company-altering uh, events, well, what we're finding as we've spent uh, more and more time delivering the solution to our customers is that there is a lot of minor things that happen to the supply chain. And I, I think of them as, as, as shocks. And these could be minor events like a little street flood or maybe a power outage that goes on for a day and a half. Um, and it's these little minor shocks that typically organizations historically didn't even know that they were occurring. And the result may be a one-day delay in shipment, or it may be an unexpected um, decrease in quality. But we're finding that with our insight that we're delivering to our customers today, they're, they're much more aware of really the details of what's going on, the relevant details, I should say. So they're able to more proactively and uh, be more informed in the way that they collaborate with these suppliers. Excellent. What are the suggestive actions and mitigation strategies? Yes. So uh, these, this is uh, an interesting area of, we, we talked about the idea of a closed-loop supply chain risk management process being really the, the cornerstone of, of what we're delivering. And so this is really the, 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 the final piece, the closing asset of the, of the solution, which is when something happens, how should I approach it and what should I do? And we have this conversation uh, very, very often with our customers who say, can you guys tell us exactly uh, what to do when this happens in our supply chain? That's a little bit difficult for us to answer. Uh, so what, as a solution provider, we really have, have two, two tacks here. Um, one is a, uh, an interesting and new capability that we're bringing to market through a joint partnership with our friends at Accenture. Because um, one of the um, things that's uh, 
clearly going on out there is a, a growing awareness of this topic, but many organizations are very, very uh, immature. Um, they don't know what their risk tolerances are, and they may not be organized um, to really react in the coordinated, consistent manner that it needs to be. So we're finding that for organizations in that state, it makes sense to think about some of the more traditional um, consulting approaches to get them going. Um, for uh, other organizations that potentially already have in place some strategies and plans, um, what we do with them is we have a best practice template of mitigation practices uh, to put in effect in the case of specific incidents. So what we do in terms of our customer base is we, we make that library available to them and we work with them during the implementation to, um, I would say, configure it to the specifics of their business and their enterprise so that they're ready to go when something specific uh, occurs. Yeah, I think that's a really good point about the consulting aspect. I mean, especially when it comes to risks and going back to that example that you provided, there's so many different moving parts that it's not really a one, you know, one answer type of type of meeting or, or even conversation. It's you've got to look at every single point that, you know, a company has not only in their supply chain, but in the business in general. Yeah. So companies have been using, um, they've actually been utilizing financial data points for years. So for example, credit ratings, et cetera. Why hasn't this made an impactful difference uh, in terms of supply chain disruptions? Yeah, so I, I, think it's, I think it's certainly had a positive impact and we see it as, a, as kind of the baby step. And you know, there's a couple things and we talked about these a little bit earlier. So one is Clearly, you need to go by beyond financials and be more comprehensive in terms of the topics that you cover. Um, when we think about the risk topics, we think in terms of five areas um, going from viability to delivery to market risks to image and compliance risk and performance and quality. So, you know, clearly within that viability section, risk is part of it. And having that historical credit score is an important piece of that. And getting that updated, you know, periodically is also important. But the reality is in the world that we live in today, and thanks to the advent of the cloud and all of the social information, there's a lot more interesting information that's being created every day that we think of as uh, leading indicators or, or signals of, of uh, potential changes to the stability of that organization that really should be accounted for and utilized. So the credit score gathers information and it is a quote unquote predictive model of where that company will be you know, um, down the line. But if you look at the, the news as an example, there's a lot of in, interesting insights that are going on right now. Regardless of whether it's a public company or a private company, things like CFO departures, plant closings, um, understanding in Glassdoor that employees aren't being paid, um, the, 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 the possibility of, of selling off or divesting a business unit. So there's many, many topics strike um, that need to go into a, a, a more comprehensive view and understanding of what is the true financial uh, trajectory of this enterprise beyond just their historical credit. So um, our solution is designed to it, it take what's been done historically and not to um, cast it aside, but to utilize it as a data point that's interesting and useful, but not to rely on it solely, but to really go beyond that. Yeah, it's now just more of a tool rather than basing the decision solely on, 
you know, that financial data. It's a, it's a tool in sort of your toolbox to be able to make that big decision. That's right. One, one piece of the, of the large and complex uh, picture that we need to, to uh, paint. Awesome. So before we get into the future of risk methods, why don't you share with us a story or example of a company that you've worked with? Um, you've given us some great examples so far. Um, I'd love to hear more. Maybe, you know, what were the original challenges and, and how you helped them? Yeah. So I think what I, a story I think that I'll, I'll tell now, which I think will be probably most useful for most of the organizations that, you, that will probably be listening to this, because we, what we find really is we're still in a, in a space where managing risk um, as a standardized, holistic, you know, center of excellence kind of a solution is really in its infancy. And my, uh, my past uh, life, I spent about 10 years in the source of contract world, and I really saw the uh, advent of the establishment of the center of excellence around a, a topic really helping to drive it in the organization. I think risk is going to go the same way. So um, for those uh, people seeking to really start to build that competence and, and build the organization, they're probably doing something today. And what that something is, it's typically uh, the use of an Excel spreadsheet in one form or another and using many different manual um, actions, maybe combined with some external information that they pull together, create some kind of a risk scorecard. And they probably try to populate it periodically. They attempt to bring in views from across the organization, um, but it's really, really difficult to, um, one, keep it up to date, to two, to understand all the data that's out there to make it useful, and three, to really even know what are all the topics that I should be measuring. Um, so we've got a, a number of customers that have come to us with a spreadsheet, and they announced that as their process. And uh, one of my favorite stories is, is an organization that told us that they had a team of 20 people working on the order of six months to just populate the spreadsheet the first time. And they looked around and they said, well, you know what, first of all, this isn't our core competency. Second of all, we did a really great job of it. Third of all, we have no way of maintaining it. And the worst of all is while we spent all our time doing that, we weren't doing our day jobs, which is to collaborate and innovate and to proactively reduce the risk. All they could do is get the risk picture. Um, so that story seems to really resonate with folks, which is ultimately what we're doing with our solution in terms of getting going. Step one is to take all of that hard work away so that your folks, instead of focusing on measuring and quantifying risk, they're focused on mitigating and reducing risk and using that as part of their everyday processes. And so it's really our ability to replace all of those efforts to really enable the organization to really start on that journey and to build a more uh, mature capability. I love that because, you know, number one, they need to be aware you know, of what the core competency is and what they're, I mean, pardon the pun, but risking by putting some of their teams onto this spreadsheet and populating the data and doing this all manually. And number two, it's the mindset of the organization to be able to come to that realization and say, hey, you know, there is somebody out there that can do this for us, allow us to concentrate on what we do best, but, you know, help us to mitigate some of the risks that we have going on in our day to day. So why don't we get into the future of risk methods? What is next for you guys? 
yeah, so there's a, a lot of fun and exciting things happening here. So uh, maybe one that's uh, geographically uh, interesting is we're, our North American headquarters, I, I think we talked about this, is in Boston. So what's, what's most interesting about that is from an industry perspective, uh, Boston is surrounded by uh, high-tech companies, but also we've got a, a, a heck of a lot of life sciences here. So uh, we are um, historically, our strength really came from what you would expect in terms of discrete, complex manufacturing supply chain. Um, having grown up in Germany, that certainly covers anything that moves. Uh, a lot of uh, automotive suppliers, um, specialty vehicle, industrial manufacturing, um, and we've continued um, that with our um, uh, customer uh, base in the States. And over the last 18 months, we've started to work significantly with consumer goods companies, uh, as well as uh, med device uh, and pharma organizations that are um, perhaps think about risk a little bit different. Um, when I think about the challenges, um, some of the industries tend to be focused on disruption as number one and, and maybe uh, brand and image as number two, whereas maybe a consumer goods company uh, is maybe thinking about image and brand first and disruption second. So when all is said and done, we're very, very similar risks, very, very similar challenges. It just comes um, down to focus. Um, and, and it's part of our continued efforts. And one of our real core competencies at RISMET our ability to identify the best structured and unstructured data sources in the world, continue to evolve that capability and put it in the hands of our customers. So as we move into new industries, sometimes we need to look for and bring on board new data sources. So as an example, uh, we've just added the FDA as a new data source for us, which is critical to some of, uh, some of those folks that, that we're now working with. Um, from a vision perspective, for us, we uh, are, are looking and continuing with our, our vision of becoming the, the ecosystem, uh, the master of these industries in terms, of, in terms of having all of those entities working and collaborating together because um, we believe that long term the supply risk resilience from our customers doesn't just come from them pushing from a top-down perspective on their supply chain to try to gain insight. The reality is, is the resilience of our customers comes both from their efforts as well as from their suppliers' uh, efforts and their suppliers' suppliers' efforts. So today, um, one of our secret sauces is our ability to work with large, large entities as well as some really small um, companies, um, you know, 55, I'm sorry, 50, $25 million in revenue uh, that we're able to support. So that ability for us to uh, really support all of us in the supply chain is something that we are excited about and we really plan to, to take the solution to, to all of these actors and really build a, a healthier connected ecosystem with those capabilities. I love that because you're working with all different sides of companies within you know, different industries and, and helping them to mitigate risk in their supply chain. So, well, thank you so much for coming on the show. We definitely look forward to seeing where Risk Methods is going. If the listeners want to go and check out their website, please visit riskmethods.net. And we will also be having all of their social media information, a little bit more information about Bill and the company on our website, as well as that free download, twobabestalksupplychain.com. So thanks again, Bill. Really, um, really appreciate you coming on the show and, and sharing your thoughts on risk and risk management.
All right, terrific. It was fun talking. Thank you very much. Are you struggling to make the most out of your supply chain and keep the orders moving efficiently? IceCorp is your supply chain specialist, and they specialize in e-commerce, retail, and dropship distribution. They will provide you with tailor-made solutions that will drive your business and sales forward. To get your free assessment, visit them at icecorplogistics.com and check out their learning center as they have some great free resources waiting for you. Thank you, Bill, for taking us and our beautiful listeners into the world of supply chain risk management. Next week, it's how to scale up your operations for seasonal spikes with our friend Dallas Clarkson, VP of Operations at Fund.com. Remember to subscribe and write us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. We are your hosts, Nick and Sarah. This episode was produced by Mike Mazurik. Remember, everyone, ship happens.